0: Welcome everybody to another week's episode of the Sports Investors. I'd like to thank all of you for listening again today. This is Thursday, October the 26th, around 6 p.m. Mountain Time. That'd be seven for you, Charles. Eight for you, Big Bro. So we got Big Bro on this week, guys. He's six to one uh, every time he's been on the podcast total. So you know that's awesome. Hopefully we we keep that rolling. Uh, you can follow Charles on Twitter at Sports Savant. You can follow Big Bro on Twitter. At Big Bro Sports, Big Bro Charles, how's it going today, fellas?
1: Doing well, sir.
0: Yeah, Glad to I be like on, it. fellas. Thanks for having yeah. me. Of course, man. Of course. Glad to have you guys on. Glad to do another week, man. It's crazy. It feels like this college football and NFL season is just flying by. We're on week nine of college football and week eight of the NFL. It's just kind of crazy, man. just going by so fast. The basketball season's here, so I am all okay with that. That is right. I love some hoops. Right. Oh yeah. Love that hoop. Love that hoop. So guys we'll recap our college football and NFL plays from last week. We'll go over some college football and NFL plays we see this week at the very end. We'll have some daily fantasy stuff for you guys. So without further ado, I'll get this thing started. Wasn't a good week for me. It was 0 3 this week. 0 2 in college football. 0 1 in the NFL. I kind of stuck my neck out there with some money line dogs. Um didn't didn't get those to cash, that kind of stinks. Michigan on the moneyline got their shit kicked in. In the Happy Valley, Boise over 45 was a loss in the NFL. I bet Baltimore on the money line; that was also a loss. So, not a very good week at all. The good news is this is 13 and 13 overall for me on the year, so that is good. the the The, the big bets that I've given you guys have gone 2 and 0. The Buffalo Bills on the money line plus 135 earlier in the year was the biggest bet of the year to date. I told you guys to absolutely hammer that. That one cashed. I had Mississippi State on the money line, plus 265 earlier in the year. Also had Purdue and Missouri that under 73. Another big bet cashed. So you know, all in all, all in all, pleased with how the season is going so far. But 13 and 13, you know, that's why I play money line dogs because I like the return that 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 we get. Um, we're in the green. So Charles, I'll turn it over to you, man. Unless you recap your shit.
1: Yeah, so I had uh, Marshall at Middle Tennessee State. I took the over 49, um, and that took an L, dude. Re- I texted you doing get 41 points in the first half. The total was 49, and there was only a touchdown scored in the second half. It was an absolutely brutal loss um, on that over.
0: I forgot, I forgot uh, all about that. You did text me. You were like, man, there's no way, you know, like, if this doesn't catch, I'm not coming on the podcast, though. So. Good to see you're oh, back, man. I never, never thought that uh, that would go under, going to stay in the
1: 41 points at half. That sucks. I jaced myself, and then, of course, I took a punch at the People's Bank this weekend for that just brutal Ravens loss. So uh, that was uh, that was no fun. But uh, I did have uh, Central Florida at Navy under 66, and that big cash. Um, and then depending on what you had in the Baltimore, Minnesota over – um you either push like I did at forty. Um I later played the thirty eight and a half on Twitter. I posted that, um, and that cashed on the eight points that our offense was able to muster there at the end of the game. So that was uh that was two and one for me last week. It brings my total to eighteen, seventeen, and one on the year. Um, just kind of getting settled in here. Um, had a strong start, uh, but we're kind of settling in here again and, you know, getting ready to push forward. So I'm um, doing all right and took some of those money line dogs early with you, so that ended up working out well for me. So.
0: Nice. You were you at that Baltimore-Minnesota game. How was that? Oh,
1: man, it was brutal. It, the offense was
0: Absolutely terrible. I think Joe threw two passes over 20 yards.
1: I was just, uh, it was just awful, but obviously beautiful stadium. Um, Super Bowl here will be fun, but um, Baltimore just kind of killing me right now, dude. Yeah,
0: man. Thursday here, we got
1: Miami. I'm interested to see what this will do, but Matt Moore scares me. Right now, with how Joe's playing.
0: <laughs> that more scares you. What a statement. I, don't I, never, know. Thought a, I never thought a, I, would, I would ever hear that statement. But, uh, all right, guys, we'll go ahead and move on to college football week nine. We'll start off with the game that I have for you guys. Wisconsin, Badgers going to Illinois to fighting a lion eye. If you guys want to watch this game, it'll be on 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Wisconsin's 27 point favorite, to the total of 49. Now, guys, the play I have here is the first half. Illinois plus 16. 80% of the tickets are on Wisconsin. They're just a huge number to cover in the first half. I think um, Illinois can hang in there for a half. You're going to get the maximum effort. You're going to get a great effort from Illinois with number five, top five team in the country coming to town. And, you know, we got some two very slow offenses here. Illinois is 117th in the country and plays per game at 65 low offense. That means you are not going to have as many opportunities, um, you know, for Wisconsin to score and run up the lead. Conversely, Wisconsin's 89th in, the, 89th in the country in plays per game at 69. And the crazy thing about Wisconsin is we know that they like to run the football, but on the road especially, it goes up by about 10% on how much they run the ball in all their plays. They run the ball 76 Percent of the time on their plays on the road. Now, that would be good for fifth in the country. So the clock is going to tick. The clock is going to tick. I think you get a, about as good an effort as you could ever ask for from Illinois. Now, Illinois is a bad football team, but Illinois plus 16, I think that they could keep it within that number here in the first half. Do you guys have anything that uh, you want to say about this game or do you guys want to move on?
2: Big bro? You know, Illinois is not really a team that I've tracked uh, this much, um, that much of this year's swims.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. That's all right, man. Let's move on to the game that you sent us, Big Bro. We got UCLA going to Washington. If you guys want to watch this game, it'll be on 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 and ABC. Last I saw, Washington 17-point favorites with a total of 58. What do you see here, Big Bro?
2: The spread actually opened at 17.5, so it came down to 17, which I, I found interesting. Um, Washington's coming off a crazy loss here. Uh, What I really like about uh, this game for Washington is that they're coming off a loss and a bye week. Usually I don't like teams after a loss. Uh, It could be deflating for them, Um, Washington being in a position to make that final four. uh, But having that bye week, uh, being at home, I really like Peterson. I really think that um, UCLA is going to be fired up for this one. Uh, I think Rosen throwing the ball so much is actually going to create opportunities. Uh, one thing that uh, is UCLA's blessing and curse in this game is uh, Rosen. What happens is is that you have defenses that actually get fired up to play bad football teams because they have an NFL lottery, you know, NFL top ten yeah, pick or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, so I see I see Washington being super fired up against a bad. What I think, other than Rosen, uh, who is a great quarterback, uh, a bad football team. I think Rosen maybe throws a couple picks in this game. Washington's lowest margin of victory at home this year has been 31 points. I really, really Jeez. like Washington to win this game by three-plus three touchdowns. Uh, UCLA is ranked uh, high on offense, obviously. Uh, Washington has only given up 10 points a game, though. They lost a game that they gave up 13 points in. That should never happen. Uh, uh, Peterson's team can score. Uh, they'll bounce oh, yeah. back. Uh, the ASU yeah. game was a bit of a fluke game. I really like them off a of bye week at home and I, I do like them to roll minus the nice. seventeen. You nice. know, I'm you know I'm not afraid to give those uh big uh spreads up. Uh Slims, you've seen me do it before. I'm right. gonna roll with it here. I'm giving up the seventeen.
0: Yep, we are different in in that respect. I usually don't like to lay these big points, but I'm in total agreement with all your points. You know, I've seen Josh Rosen play, you know, not only this year but last year. Um, This year, the times that I've seen him, you're right, he has just been trying to force the ball into tight windows. Washington is a very opportunistic defense. Washington also is probably one of the more underrated home field advantages in the country, um, something that you alluded to. But, you know, I am in agreement with um, your play. I'm not going to make it, but I'm totally in agreement with your play. Do you have anything that you want to talk about here, Charles?
1: Um, no, I think I'm pretty much in agreement with you guys on that. Again, a lot of points that something I just kind of try to stay away from in the, for the most part.
0: Nice. I can dig it. So we'll move on to another game that you sent us, big bro. We got – Penn State, the Nittany Lions going to Ohio State. The marquee game of the weekend. Thirty. If you guys want to watch this, it'll be on 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Ohio State, six-and-a-half point favorites with a total of 57-and-a-half. What do you see here, man?
2: Well, just off the top, an angle I'm not going to take, but I am going to discuss for just a second, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind. Looking at these teams' output, that, that total seems a little low to me. Yep. Um, be, what uh, what Penn State did to Michigan's defense. Now, we can talk about how bad Michigan's um, quarterback play is. They don't have playmakers on offense, yada, yada, yada. Michigan's right. defense has been dominant for a year and a half now. Um, even in their losses, it, you know, they're giving up 14 points, uh, right. for example. Uh, Penn State uh, act, 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 ripped them apart, basically. Um, Ohio State... Uh, has been scoring a boatloads of points the last 50 points in four not, straight games. Right. 50
0: points in four straight games, yep.
2: So, you know, just throwing that out there, I'm not going to touch it, but that is something that uh, – and it's because I don't like betting two things within the same game.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I prefer Penn State plus the six-and-a-half here. I'm going to take the points. I batted around the uh, idea of a money line. Me, personally, I keep hearing people say it's a revenge game for Ohio State. Uh, I don't believe in revenge games unless the team gets beat by a far inferior opponent at the time before. If when you're talking about two powerhouses, I prefer the team that won last. When we're talking about football, um, I really do. Uh, the nice. way Franklin uses Barkley creates mismatches everywhere. Uh, McSorley is uh, a beast. Uh, I think that Penn State has the better football players. Uh, I felt like that. Uh, I feel like that Penn State is a better football team than they were last year. I don't feel like Ohio State is as good as they were last year. They have been ringing it up. They've been ringing it up against average opponents, if you take a look at their schedule. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, I just want to, you know, just throw out there that Ohio State is a great, great program. Ohio State, uh, it's always a possibility that Ohio State comes out with their hair on fire. Uh, one thing yeah. that um, excites me about Penn State is uh, how that Michigan game played out. Uh me personally going into that game I didn't play it but I did like Michigan uh and the points uh in that game. Um the way Michigan fought back and tied that up, it felt like the game was gonna flatten out and just be an all out battle. Uh it and then, seemed like Penn State became deflated, but that's not what happened. Penn State became refocused. These guys to me look like a true challenge to Alabama. So I I like them to get to the final four. I like them to win the Big Ten. I like them in this game. I batted around the money line idea. I'm taking the six and a half just because I feel like that's a lot of points, and, and it could come down to a field goal uh touchdown or less. So yeah, we'll,
0: Penn State we'll, we'll, can we'll take on State Alabama, that's high cotton, man. That's high cotton. No, man, you're you're absolutely right, man. Uh Penn State goes up fourteen. Michigan cuts it cuts it back right before the half. I think it was thirteen to fourteen right before the half. And you're
1: Penn right. State had
0: to, and then Penn State had the ball um, with about a minute left and they made a drive that uh championship caliber teams do. And then they came out in the second half, um, you know, and then just pretty much kicked Michigan shit in from that point on. So, you know, all um, – You know, you what know, one, honestly, honestly, one more thing no. I want to – Yeah, go ahead. No, one more thing I want to add on, too, because,
2: I, you know, I, I know people believe that uh, home field advantage is this big, epic thing. I would challenge people on that. When, obviously, teams have better at home records because they do play better at home. Uh, I'm not going to dispute that. But when you're talking about top five, top ten college football games of the year, which I would probably put this matchup right here going into it as a top ten matchup, I don't believe home field advantage is such a uh, huge thing to overcome. Uh, talent is talent. Uh, teams that are that good, that have that many pros, uh, that have a coach like James Franklin, um, they come ready to play. Uh, yeah. you know Those, those, those rivalry games, uh, it doesn't matter what stadium they're in, in my opinion. I'll yeah, all right.
0: yeah, I can dig it. So you had mentioned the total, and that was something that I had written down here. Look for me on Twitter, guys. If if this number drops to 55.5 or lower, um, I'm absolutely going to be on this over. Now, right now it's at 56, and that puts it at uh, 28 to 28 um, is a push. So you know, I really want to get fifty-five and a half or lower, and I'm going to be on this over. So I'm in. I'm in total agreement there. Honestly, in a little bit of a disagreement with Penn State. Um, I you know Ohio State at home off a of buy. You know, I, I, I know you were just talking um, about how you you don't believe in home field as much. I think that Ohio State is one of those exceptions to the rule because you know otherwise I I do agree that home field is overrated, but Ohio State. Coming off a loss from last year, I think that their crowd is going to be hyped. Charles, yeah, do you have anything that uh, you want to add before we move on, my man?
1: No, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of a fishy game. you got number two ranked Penn State being a six-and-a-half-point favorite, um, catching 66% of the spread bets and 79% of the money line bets. Like, uh, I think Ohio State and Urban might have a really good shot at covering and winning Obviously this two, week.
0: two great fucking football teams. This is going to be an awesome game to watch just from a spectator standpoint. This is this is going to be a this is going to be an excellent game. I'm going to sit down and absolutely have my popcorn ready, be ready to watch this. So we'll go ahead and uh, just move be on. prepared
2: when the football yeah. game just be prepared when the football game is over to say Penn State had the better players. That's just what I'm saying. Hey, you, yeah. you
0: know, I'm not hey, there is, there is a I'm that. not I'm not throwing out the uh possibility of Penn State absolutely winning the football game. Um Saquon Barkley is probably one of the best players in college football. James Franklin was so creative last week against Michigan. Like they were in the shotgun, right, McSorley and Barkley, and like they would do this thing where Barkley would uh, shuffle his feet and then um, and then McSorley would shuffle his feet. Then Barkley was the quarterback and they were doing his own read like that. Like, you know, just some creative shit. So, you know, uh, James Franklin, Urban Meyer, two of the two of the best five coaches in the country in my opinion. It's, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State covers. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State wins. But I think that Ohio State is going to cover the six and a half. Obviously, if I felt strong enough, I would bet it, but I don't feel that strong enough. Um so, guys, we'll go ahead and move on here to a game that you sent us, Charles. we got Houston going to South Florida. If you guys want to watch this game, we'll go 3.45 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. South Florida, 11-point favorites with a total of 56.5. What do you see here, man?
1: So, uh, obviously, you know, I love my South Florida Bulls here and Charlie Strong. Um, oh, no. In regards to this game, though, I really like the over in the game. Um, 56.5, I think it's a really good number in terms of both. Houston and South Florida's offensive output this year. Um, Houston top forty in both offense and defense, Um, so I really think they have a good shot at getting that fifty-six and a half. It's crazy though in Houston's games; they're one in seven um, in terms of the over, only hitting once, uh, and the other hitting under hitting the other seven times. So um, I just think the trend kind of shifts more towards the over here, and it gets over the fifty-six and a half points in South Florida.
0: Yeah, coming coming back to the mean, I think the totals have been skewed because Tom Herman, and you know, was so good at Houston, and they scored so many points, and, you know, with the departure of the QB, the departure of Tom Herman, Houston not quite as potent offensively, but, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, the total of 56 and a half, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see South Florida put up 50. Like, obviously, I don't expect it, right? But South Florida is just one of those type of teams. Do you have um, anything that you want to say here, Big Bro?
2: Yeah, I think you shouldn't have backed off your last statement. I, I do like that, uh, Charles. I don't know if I, you know, necessary, necessarily follow you along with that because I do like South Florida to possibly get that on their own. And if I was going to take anything of that game, it would be the I would give the points to Houston. But with that being said, that's never a bad play when I see one team that could uh, score a boatload of points at home. I do think South Florida fits that bill. And then, you know, once you get to the point to where you're scoring a boatload of points, you know, maybe Houston gets a couple touchdowns in there and a field goal and some stuff that doesn't matter. uh, Absolutely. pushes you on over So stuff. So I like that. Average time points, baby. Yeah, that's right. And you
0: know, for college, fifty-six and a half is you know relatively average total. And uh, at the end of the day, two good quarterbacks, um, two good coaches, Major Applewhite, the coach at Houston. So you know, totally, I'm in um, total agreement with that fifty-six and a half as well. We'll move on here to a play that I have, guys. Missouri going to UConn, going to Connecticut. If you guys want to watch this game, it'll be on six thirty p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports Network. Now Missouri's thirteen point favorites with a total of seventy eight and a half. Now we've talked about it before on this podcast with you, Big Bro, with Danny. Um, kind of like the rule of eighty here, guys. I'm going under seventy eight and a half. Um, the weather is going to be a non-issue. I looked up the weather. Obviously, Connecticut, with it in November, the weather is going to be a non-issue. It's going to be about sixty degrees with ten mile an hour winds. Both teams average around 27 points per game, so, you know, not very much. Missouri can score in the blink of an eye, but they can't sustain any drive. And if we go back to a plays-per-game stat, and a plays-per-game stat is one that I like to look at, especially with totals. Missouri at 64 plays per game, that's 119th in the country. Connecticut, um, 71 plays per game, that's 70th in the country. So again, kind of like with Illinois and how slow they are on offense and Wisconsin not having as many opportunities to run the score up. There's not going to be as many chances for both of these teams to score. They just don't, they just don't really push the pace that much. Now I do have to acknowledge both of these defenses are really, really bad. Like, they are very, very bad. They are in the bottom 100 in scoring defenses, and that's just the way it is. But, you know, 78-and-a-half is just such a big number. Can both teams get to 40? If one doesn't get to 40, is the other one got to get to 45 and the other one 35? I just don't see that happening. Missouri going to UConn under 78-and-a-half is my play. Do you guys have anything that that, uh, you want to add to this, or do you guys want to move on? Complete agreement there, Slim. Nice. I Man, like that.
2: If I was in Las Vegas and there was a board that just said college football under 80, yeah. over under 80, I'm just yeah. going to walk up and say under 80. You know how I feel about it. I mean, those games do go over. We see it happen. Yes. Yeah. But you can look at the percentages. And I know because that's just this little things I've had for years that I've always paid attention to that number. I don't know why it sticks out to me. But every time I see 80, I just laugh. Um, right. It could obviously hit, I've seen it before, but right. I mean, it's going to take two way way better offenses than what uh, Missouri and UConn have, and, and like you just hit the nail on the head, you have to imagine the numbers in your head. So both teams have to basically get to 40, but just like you said. But there's a possibility that one team doesn't crack 24, so right. then that means the other team is going to have to score 56? Like, right. that doesn't seem right. So yep. I'm with you on that. The numbers just don't add up to me. It could obviously happen, but I'm in agreement with you on that, buddy.
0: Nice, man. I like it. So we'll move on here to the last game on the college football slate. Big bro, you sent it to us. We got Tennessee going to Kroger's Field and playing Kentucky. Now, these you guys want to watch this game, it'll be on 730 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network. Um, Kentucky's four point favorites with a total of forty six. What do you see here, man?
2: I see you know, uh, be careful when you're walking down the sidewalk because <laughs> the wheels are falling off the bus and they're flying everywhere. Really yeah. for both programs. Um I know UK is five and two, but let's be honest here, boys. I was excited. I got a call like I see it looking back. Southern Miss twenty four seventeen, eastern Kentucky twenty seven sixteen, eastern Michigan twenty four twenty, Missouri forty thirty four followed up with a nice 45-7 to loss. Well, Tennessee lost 45-7, to too, but they at least lost to Alabama. Um, you know, here, here's the thing, uh, fellas. We all know that Tennessee has owned Kentucky, and Kentucky's had, you know, done a little better recently, I guess. But I'm looking at uh, what I honestly feel is shaking out to be a real bad coaching job, and I was excited and and, and behind the guy, but he's going to have to win me back over again. And John, and, uh, I'd like to hear you comment on this because I found this real interesting today. Uh, and I want to make this clear. I'll just go ahead and put this out there. I, I already had it locked in. I had Tennessee plus the five. Uh, but whatever you guys got it in at, put me in that. I recommend it. Um, but I did take the five points in this one because Kentucky could win a close one. But again, 24-17, 27-16, 24-20. If Kentucky does win this, there's a good chance it's by two or three points. UK is ranked 97th in the country uh, running the football. Now, I see this as a terrible, terrible coaching job. And the reason why is because I really do think the world of Benny Snell. I do. Uh, I think uh, Kentucky... You know, uh, has a decent offensive line. Kentucky wants to run the football, uh, and control the clock. So it's not like they're this aerial assault that, um, is getting away from the run. Uh, Kentucky is intending to run the football. They have offense built to run the football and they're not running the football. So, you know, Tennessee's, uh, rush defense really isn't that good. I'm not going to lie to you, but I don't think Kentucky is good enough to take advantage. And I'm going to be honest with your listeners and you guys. And Slims, you know how I feel about this uh, because, you know, we've been tracking each other for a long time. Sometimes I bet on teams. I have no problems betting against teams. I think uh, the wheels are going to start falling off at Kentucky fast. I, I honestly would not be surprised to see Tennessee win this football game, uh, even though, the, you know, they're definitely having their struggles uh, and are, is a team in turmoil. Seems like Kentucky is a good get-right team to me right now. I don't see, I don't see Kentucky winning this game, guys. I'm going to take the five. Uh, but what do you think about that? Uh, the lack of ability to run the football, um, how that, Man, how that it, coaching? It,
0: our coaching has just been so disappointing. And I don't think that it's not that we, like, I, like you said, not that we aren't capable. I think that the creativity has been lacking. We don't no pre-snap motions. Um, no pulling of the guard tackle center, no pulling of the offensive linemen. It really does feel like that we just run two, four, six holes, one, three, and five holes. It really just feels like we're running high school offense out there. That's what it looks like, and, you know, We got two coaches here. We got two of the worst coaches in college football. Man, I watch, we all watch a lot of college football. And Charles, I don't expect you to watch uh, a lot of Kentucky because you either have to be a Kentucky fan or you got to be insane to watch Kentucky football. But it's like, I watch, it's like every freaking Saturday, I watch our coach just make stupid decision after stupid decision. And I watch all these other teams that have worse talent. And they can make better decisions. And, like, the coaching staff makes better decisions. It's just so fucking frustrating that he just hasn't gotten any better with the game management. we got two of the worst coaches in college football. we got Coach Botts Jones and Coach Mark Stupid. Now, I don't – it's just – it's frustrating. You know, I don't expect Kentucky to win this football game either. And this is coming from the most eternal optimistic Kentucky football fan. I've never been so pessimistic about Kentucky in my life. I – I'm just so disappointed in the five. Like, how can we be five and two and be disappointed? It's because of, like you said, we can't really beat anybody like we should. We lose to Florida when we can't cover, when we send 10 guys out um, after timeouts and do not cover receivers, and those receivers end up scoring. The way that Coach Stupid handled the end of the first half, you know, I don't want to go off on too big of a tangent. Well, I probably well, already did. Well, here's the
2: thing. Here's two, two, two more points I want to throw in there. You know, because you've been following, um Kentucky football, obviously, for a long time, Stoops wins and loses games in bunches. You can go back and look since he first came. It's the truth. Uh, it's a program built, uh, on emotions, and when the emotion runs out, it seems like it just goes really, really flat. Now, looking at, uh, also what I don't like about Kentucky in this game, and I know you'll agree with me 100% on this lens, is if Kentucky, let's say Kentucky is up 21 to 20. With five minutes to go in the game, and they we're have the ball on the in football. the red zone.
0: We're going to sit on the football. We're going to kick
2: the field goal and go in with a four point lead. We're we're not going to go. We're not. We won't throw a ball to the end zone. We uh we won't right. say we won't use any creativity. We're going to run the ball, run the ball. Maybe a third down and long pass that has no chance. Uh, yeah. Kick a field goal to we'll go up by four, and then uh, hope that that's enough. The guy does not go for the jugular. So when I'm looking uh, plus five, or, plus four and a half. Uh, When I look at that, um, I say, you know what? Kentucky, to win by more than four and a half for Kentucky, that's a blowout. Yeah,
0: you know, that's something that we don't do. We don't do. But we'll go ahead and move on. But um, I'll I'll let Charles, if Charles did, uh, if if you have anything that you want to add here to this game, I know we kind of, took up some time there. But um, what do you think about this game, if you have any thoughts, brother? Yeah,
1: if anything, I'd probably lean towards the over, just because I think it's going to be kind of a sloppy game and kind of, you know, it's just a weird spot for both teams because um, there's right. not really much going on other than having to play a football game right now. Like there's not really anything for either season going. So um, I just, uh, yeah, I'm ready to move yeah. on to NFL.
0: One big thing for Tennessee. One big thing for Tennessee that uh, I just want to add. Found out that they're the the best player that was going to be on the football field for either team. John Kelly, Tennessee's running back, is not going to be playing in this game. That's a big blow to Tennessee. But you know, I, no matter what, I have I have a hard time seeing Kentucky win. I'm not going to be on a side or anything. Um, I will be watching though. But we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the NFL. Week eight plays that we got. Charles, a game that you sent us, Oakland Raiders going to Buffalo. If you guys want to watch this game, it'll be out on 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Buffalo, two-and-a-half point favorites with a total of 45. What do you see here, brother?
1: Well, Slim, it's a little deja vu. I don't know if you felt that a little bit when I sent that over to you, uh, but it has a little rumblings of that Buffalo-Broncos game from early in the season, like week four or five. Um, and I think Buffalo is playing, obviously, extremely well. Um, I think they had Jordan Matthews back this week, which I think will allow, obviously, Tyron to have another option there. LaShawn McCoy's been playing well. And the biggest thing is, is Oakland, obviously, big win last week against Kansas City, division rival mm-hmm. there, and having to travel to the East Coast there and play Buffalo at home. Kept uh, their city a lot. Are- really like Buffalo.
0: yeah. It just, man, their season was just in the balance, that whole drive, right? You could just feel it. Just kept their season alive. Um, my bad. Go ahead. Give me to interrupt.
1: No, you're good. So, Buffalo minus two and a half, I think that's the perfect spot for them in a field goal at home against Oakland.
0: Nice. I can dig it. Um, you know, I don't – I wouldn't be surprised either way. I wouldn't be surprised if this hole goes over or under, if Oakland won the game, if Buffalo covered – I don't really have a feel for this game, honestly. I I usually would have a, a lean one way or the other, but I kind of don't here. Do you have anything that uh, you want to add about Oakland or Buffalo, big bro?
2: Hey, whenever your uh, West Coast team travels to the East Coast for that one o'clock kick, uh, I'm never going to – I'm not telling you I'll bet on the East Coast team every time because I'm not that general and generic, but I can right. tell you I'll never take the West Coast team.
0: I can date it. <laughs> I can date it. Well, we'll move on to another game that has – uh, the same thing here, the Pacific time zone going all the way east. The Los Angeles Chargers going to New England. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be on 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. The New England Patriots are seven-point favorites with a total of 48.5. What do you see here, Charles?
1: Well, um, big bro, I'm going absolutely against that rule right now. Um, <laughs> and I really think the Chargers plus seven. Um, if it's seven and a half, we can get that. Um, is a great play here. Me and New Slim talked about it earlier in the week how the Chargers are one of those kind of teams that have been losing by some just real shitty circumstances. Um, but overall, their defense is good. They have talent offensively. Philip can obviously swing the football for the first time in God knows how long. I think probably like three, four years that Phillip Rivers is in the top five in interceptions. So he's got some talent up there. Keenan Allen's healthy. I really think they cover the seven, seven and a half here. New England's defense is putrid, um, yep. and I just think Philip has a good shot to cover that this week.
0: Yeah, New England's uh, defense lost Dante Hightower for the season earlier today. Already yep. bad defense lost arguably his best player, and um, it's it's something that uh, we were talking about, right? We were texting and th- this is totally a year to just take a shot with the with the Super Bowl winner um a future just because i feel like everything's wide open i think um you could say pittsburgh might be the best team in the afc I'm not ready to buy into the Eagles and the NFC, but, you know, everything is wide open. The Chargers were a team that I looked at, and I looked at their schedule, and with the odds that they have, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but I think there's a chance that the Chargers make the playoffs. I think there's a chance the Chargers win this football game, too. The Chargers, like, really, they would have won two more games if they had a decent kicker. We talked about it last week, but – The Chargers are a really good football team. I think one of the most underrated teams in the NFL. Seven, giving the Chargers seven here, I think is a great bet. It's something that I may be on come Sunday. Do you have anything that uh, you want to add here, Big Bro? Shootout,
2: I think it's going to be a shootout, guys. Uh, Shootouts can get away from a team. And um, I definitely don't like the game to get away from New England. Seven's too many. Just because I say that – You know, I would never have been on the team from the West Coast. I did, you know, preface that with I would never always take the team on the East Coast. Seven's too many. Um, I I don't like the Chargers to win the game. That's too many points in the NFL. The Chargers are a quality football team. They do lose a lot of close games, and they can score points on New England. I actually like that total. I I, I don't know if I'll touch it, but that seems low to me, even for the NFL.
0: Yeah, total agreement there with you, too. So, guys, we'll move on here. Now, I normally don't like teasers or money line parlays or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I'm going to give you guys another big bet here. Now, remember, guys, I told you guys that I was 2-0 and on my big bets so far in the year. Here's another big bet that I'm going to give you guys, a money line parlay. The two games are Houston at Seattle and Denver at Kansas City. I'm going with both home teams on the money line parlay together. That's a minus 115 price. So if you did a six-point teaser, it's minus 120. I think that the Moneyline Parlay at minus 115 is a better play. Now, Houston going to Seattle, I love Deshaun Watson. Absolutely love him. How could you not? He just looks so freaking good. But this is his first huge road test, and we all know how Seattle plays at home. Like, it's just a snowball effect. Like, it starts out this little bitty ball. Before you know it, it's a freaking mountain, and it's going to be a tall mountain for Deshaun to climb. And the other team that I'm taking in this money line, Kansas City, Denver. Denver's in a free fall. Arrowhead's not a good place to go try and get your offense rolling. I'm confident both win. I wouldn't be surprised if both actually covered but I am extremely confident that Seattle wins, and I am extremely confident that Kansas City wins. We might see Brock Osweiler in that Denver game because Trevor Simeon is just not cutting it. I don't think Brock Osweiler is going to cut it either. Denver's just got a quarterback issue. But I'm giving you guys a money line parlay, big bet, the third big bet that I'm giving you guys of the year. Seattle at home, Kansas City at home on Monday night, and that is the last play that we have for the NFL. Do you guys have anything that uh, you want to add on on my money line parlay
2: there? What, uh, what were the uh, point spreads on those games? So Seattle uh, five and is five a half five and seven? And a, so, yeah,
0: so Seattle five and a half, KC seven.
2: Yeah, I probably actually would like both of those teams to cover. You're a rookie. You're going into Seattle. Good luck. Good luck with good that. Good luck with yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> right. And no I do like Deshaun Watson. And I think, mm-hmm. Right. I, I think Deshaun Watson is headed for a fabulous career. Uh, he, This is going to be one of those lessons you learn. Uh, right here. He's gonna learn le- He's gonna learn some lessons in this game. Simeon's not gonna cut it. Everybody for the Broncos got paid. They're good. Chiefs can pretty much put the Broncos out of their misery and and way far behind them in the chase. I'm with you, man. I I don't disagree with that at all. I
0: mean, Kansas City also just coming off two back-to-back losses. The the Pittsburgh one with Antonio Brown catching that wild-ass pass and running in the end zone. How they lost at Oakland with that crazy-ass ending. They should be upset. They should be fired up, ready to go, ready to kick the shit out of their divisional opponent. Um, so you know, Kansas City, Seattle money line parlay. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we uh, let Big Bro go, Charles?
1: Yeah. So I mean, obviously, just I feel like out of principle, you have to take Seattle minus five and a half at home against a rookie quarterback. And I I don't know why I feel like that's such a low number for them. If they yeah. feel like they're valuing Houston's defense more, or maybe the lack of offense from Seattle, I'm not really yeah. sure there. But I feel like you would have to. Seattle is like, traditionally like a low, really low number. football team.
2: They're going to catch fire, yeah. boys. Seattle's are traditionally, if you look back at the previous years, they've not had the best, uh, septembers and octobers. But man, right about right now, about the end of October, they really start to turn that dial up. Uh, they, they have, they have all their key players there, uh, on, uh, offense, which pretty much is Wilson, uh, right. Baldwin, and Graham. I, I, I like Seattle going forward. Uh, if Graham will hold on to the football, they, they, you know, they would uh, be really blowing people out. And he's a good player. He'll start catching all those. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you guys.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think for me, Seattle's probably the best team in the NFC. Like, everybody would pick the Eagles right now. Um, i want to just take a second and say, man, Carson Wentz is so fucking good. Like, every yeah. time I watch him play, I just get more and more and more impressed. Like, people say that um, they see Big Ben. But Carson makes some plays that I ain't seen Big Ben make. That one throw where he was like dancing around the pocket, right, right on the goal line, kind of, um, right inside the ten, off his right foot, off balance, just threw a freaking dime to the back pylon. Like that was crazy. What about that Houdini play where it just looked like he was down all sudden he squirts out, he's off for thirty yards. Shoot, man, Carson Wentz is
1: unbelievable. You.
2: You know, I ha- we both have a mutual friend from that we knew in Denver, that's yeah. from uh, the Philadelphia area. Absolutely. And he does. He has. He has. He bets the Eagles to win the Super Bowl every year for a hundred bucks, and he's got a big ticket in his pocket right now from June. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. So, so he is really, really fired up. I like Carson Wentz. I tell you what, Seattle may very well uh, be the best team in the NFC. I won't disagree with you there. But I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Philadelphia. I never thought I would be honestly uh I like this kid. I like what he's made up of. Um I think he's you, you to know. Watch,
0: man. Fun
2: Philadelphia fun to watch. fans, you have to celebrate, man. You have a quarterback for 14 years, like for the you know, and That's to me really it's good. obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah such you know, a so. such a great team guy. I mean, I was watching I was watching TV the other day. They showed Cam Newton celebrate a touchdown and he, like, pushed his teammates to the side and wanted to run over to the camera and celebrate for the camera and not celebrate with his teammates. Uh-huh. Man, And when Carson Wentz scores a touchdown or something like that happens, he goes, he gives his football to the offensive lineman. He celebrates, like, man, just such a good teammate, a fucking great player, man, just a great player. But, you know, I want to say there, that, They're a team that we'll know. see for 10 years. Yeah, no. You're absolutely right. For 10 years I I now. I completely agree. I want to say that I think Seattle's going to be the best NFC team when it matters. Probably not right now, but I think when it matters Seattle's going to be the best football team. I think it's hard to argue that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now. That's kind of hard for me to argue that point, but um just down the road in the playoffs when we get to January, it's just going to be hard to go against Seattle. But big bro, man, 6 and 1 on on all the plays up till now. We'll go ahead and recap Our plays, I'll I'll go ahead and let you start it off big, bro, and then Charles, and then I'll finish it up.
2: Hey, we got Washington minus the 17. They're going to be fired up coming off a bye week and a bad loss. Uh, I think style points matter. They get that one when a committee's at hand. You can blow people out. Uh, Betting against Kentucky, not on Tennessee. I'm betting against Kentucky enthusiastically. Um, (laughs) I'm taking Tennessee plus to five. Uh, I think Penn State is going to make a run at Alabama. They got that mobile quarterback that gives Alabama pitch traditionally. I think Ohio State is just a speed bump in the road. They're going to go in there and get that one, but just in case I'm going to take the six and a half.
0: Nice. I can dig it. So, Charles, what are, what were your plays? Recap quick real for us. Recap real quick
1: for us. Yeah, I got I know, it. I man. So, it's uh, getting cold, uh,
0: man. I'm fucking shivering. I'm <laughs> doing this outside and it's snowing, dude. I'm like my teeth are <laughs> shattered. People keep walking by me looking at me all funny. Like whatever, like keep walking, man. Keep walking. My bad. Go ahead. Recap your plays quick.
1: Okay, I got it. So college right. football, I had one play: um, Houston at U.S.F. South Florida over fifty-six and a half. And then for the NFL, I had two plays: Oakland at Buffalo. I like Buffalo minus two and a half, and Chargers at New England. New um, Chargers plus seven, seven and a half, depending on what you can get there.
0: I like it, guys. So, guys, my play. First half, Illinois is plus 16, playing host to Wisconsin. Think they could keep it within 16. The first half there, Missouri, Connecticut under 78.5, the rule of 80. Good Lord, it's going to take a lot of points there to get that over. Um, the big bet, the big bet that I got you guys, Moneyline parlay in the NFL. Seattle at home, hosting Houston. Kansas City at home, hosting Denver. That's minus 115. So that's my big play. Those are my three plays. And that will conclude our plays for this week. Big bro, man, thanks for coming on again. I wish you luck. Hey, Phil. Carls, I wish hey, you luck, I, too. I, I, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I appreciate you guys. And just one thing I wanted to add on. You know, yeah. when you go 13 and 13 and you got some money line dogs in there, that's not 13 for 13. Same thing with 18 and 17 when you go 18 and 17. And you Absolutely. got some uh, you got some odds in there with those eighteen. Uh, you guys are doing well, and those numbers get skewed a little bit, so I definitely think you should emphasize um, the fact that uh, you're not a, a square gambler, so to speak. You don't necessarily take the points, give the points. You can smell opportunity, and, and I think that uh, you guys get some good insight to that, so I appreciate it, fellas. It's always fun uh, being on with you guys.
0: Absolutely, man. We will have you on in the future, in the near future. We got college basketball tipping off. Obviously, the NBA is already about a about a week in, so we will have you on to talk to basketball. We'll talk some more football a little later, man. But thanks for coming on, man. We, uh, appreciate it. You take it easy, man. Have a good one, big bro. All right, guys. We have some audio issues with our fantasy segment. Sorry for this abrupt ending, but we're just going to go ahead and stick with our college football and NFL plays. You just heard. Good luck to all of you this weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports Investors, and we will see you guys next week.